0: One, two, three, four. Hey y'all, it's Seba, the Southern Fried Witch. And we are not doing an interview today, although I do have interviews to do and um, I have a few recorded, but I decided to give us a break because we did two in a row and I know some of y'all just want to hang out and chat, not have like really anybody else on here all the time. So that is not the way we usually rock. I do a couple of interviews a year, but more than that, we just talk together, don't we y'all? So, and today I am, I'm in a funk. I really am. And I shouldn't be. It is definitely spring here in Alabama. And while I knew that polar vortex was going to fall apart and cause us some trouble in March, it looks like that trouble is like two knots around 34. So we may have a pear harvest this year. I'm very excited that it's not going to be worse. And, you know, cross fingers and knock on wood on that one. But as far as I can see, we're going to get less of the brunt of it than we thought we were. And that's a good thing. Let's see what else. It's been a long time since we just caught up, y'all. And well, most of my tomatoes are up. I did that seeding thing that you got to get done kind of early on nightshades, Shades. And the first run of peppers are already up. And they're cute. Everybody's got their third leaf. So I had to run out and get some Dr. Earth's. Um, by the way this is not a sponsored message but i love dr earth plant food specifically low in the things i do not want to see and gentle and it's wonderful for uh, seedlings if you dilute it so we've got that and once they get their true leaves y'all you do need to feed them so i keep looking at them going oh my gosh when is transplant day when do I take them out of those little seed cubicles and put them in a, well, in a, in a little pot that will get them ready to rock and roll and let those roots really get lush down there before they go into the ground, because most of them are going into the ground. We've already had some volunteers. I've told y'all about Totsoy. We've already had our um, first dinner of that, you know, a little... Sesame oil and some garlic and and just had them cooked down like greens with some wonderful blackened fish. So we are already enjoying what's being put out. And I have literally never seen my peach trees covered as much as they are covered. I went out there today and I was like, well, if that 34 degree knot hurts anybody. But they already have little baby fuzzy little nuggets all over them. I'm so excited about that. So spring is here. Why am I feeling in a funk? And y'all know something. We give every other situation a break. We talk about self-care and we say that depression is, you know, normal for quite a lot of us. And I see a lot of it for women out there. You know, there should be a lot more for men by the way they get just as depressed as the rest of us. But I don't see that much about witches, and not often anyway, and how we can end up really low in our craft. And that is something I want to talk about today. Now, personally, I do not do well in the winter, and I mean that. I do okay until about January, and then by the time I'm pulling out of February, even if it's sunny outside, even if it's warm outside... There's like this lingering gunk in my heart. I just don't do well at all. And now we're here, you know, in full swing. (laughs) And I do mean full swing. I've seen baby woodpeckers out in my yard. They're so damn cute. Everything's in bloom and some of it early. Uh, We've even had an iris pop, a bearded one. Amazing. I should be walking on cloud nine. Like anybody else, I pulled out of Christmas and all of that nonsense, in debt, like it always happens. In January, we had car issues and thousands of dollars went that away, and we haven't been able to recover. So, ah, oh, fucking money. I tell you what, it's always an issue. Well, for most of us, <laughs> it's an issue, and that always kind of gets me blue. I mean. I'm working four or five jobs, I'm hustling as hard as I can hustle, but it doesn't satisfy the soul very well, you know, only this job satisfies the soul, and I wouldn't call it a job, it's an art, even if I'm not very good at it. And I reckon I would have stayed in this state, and I'm I'm probably not completely out of it, but... It did start to lift for me a little bit today when I realized, you know what, honey, you were doing the best you can do. I think it's when we pile all that shit on top of ourselves and say, well, we're witches. We should be doing way better than this, right? I don't know about y'all, but the last person I ever remember to cast for is myself. I don't know if y'all remember back when I first started podcasting all those years ago. I talked about the witches, duh. And it it occurs to me all the time that this also applies to not casting for oneself. (laughs) I mean, it's one thing to recognize the moons and be out there and, and understand where you are in the wheel. And, you know, we're preparing for Ostara and all of that. That does matter. I'm still doing it. But by gods, I'm a witch and I'm depressed, you know, or have been and just not in a good place. And I have forgotten to do what I need to be doing, using my craft to heal myself, right? The old adage, physician, heal thyself. I haven't been doing it. I haven't. I've been slugging through, trying to keep all these damn jobs that I hate so. Much y'all hate them so much, and get time to write my book, which it just doesn't happen when you are, you know, grading from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed, upset about all kinds of things. I know y'all know what this is like. So nowhere in there did I think to sit down and craft either a ritual or a sweet little tea spell to give myself energy to help the things I'm touching and putting out into the world to manifest a lot more, I guess, vibrantly, vigorously. There are so many things I could be doing for myself. And I I have done them for other people and they work. And then I'm sitting here going, I feel like shit and I'm going to bed early. And that's fine until it's the, you know, 18th time that I've gone to bed early because I just couldn't handle anything. So I started to get my shit together. And not everybody can just go get their shit together. But I I found a road. It was the silliest little thing. And I know that bat children, those of you who follow me and have listened to me for years, I know y'all know I do spider magic. And I know you know I've got this whole communing thing going on with spiders. Well, last month, one of my little house spiders, I guess she was born. I don't know. Because during the cold months, they all went away. And then all of a sudden, I saw this little tiny girl. They're house spiders. They're, you know, like related to granddaddy long legs. They're not going to mess with you. Little spinely things. And she had popped up and she was itty. And she'd made a tiny little web right next to the sink in the bathroom. It was real cute. And I was like, well, that means spring is almost here. And every day, I hope y'all don't mind me getting real with y'all. She would move a little closer to the toilet. (laughs) (laughs) And today, because we had a chat earlier, she has moved directly in between the sink and the toilet, and that's where she resides. And inevitably, she will throw a little spindle out and put it on the handle on the toilet, and inevitably, (laughs) I will break it by accident. And I went in there earlier today and I looked at her and she's getting fat. She's getting big. She's getting pretty. My little house spider. She doesn't, y'all, y'all don't need to be afraid of these things at all. They're not going to run at you. They're not going to jump on your face. They're going to stay where they are. And I went to flush and she got so upset. She bounced her web at me, you know, and I turned around and I said, Miss ma'am, I am doing the best I can in here. And you will calm the hell down. And suddenly I had this deep feeling of she was trying to tell me something. You know, I look at her little old life and it it's not that great, y'all. It really isn't. I and mean, she's hoping that a moth is going to come in or that I'm going to leave the fruit out too long. And she's going to get like a little gnat or something. Her life is hard. Obviously, no friends, (laughs) you know, she can't feel the wind. She can't feel the sun in this little tiny cubicle next to a damn toilet. This girl, when she was trying to find something out of that life, she was fighting for that life. Now, I'm not here to tell you that I've uh, stopped accidentally breaking her web. I mean, we're just going to do this every day. However, I am here to say that it suddenly occurred to me that there are really good things that I can do, that I can manifest, that I can put my energy into. And sometimes it's not in the receiving of whatever, you know, a gift, a spell. It's not in that. Sometimes it's in the, I guess, intention to manifest, you know, just in the act of that, because it implies hope. It does. It implies it, that there is still something that could be good, and I think sometimes we have to search really fucking hard for that something good, and I also think that good can be right in front of our face, and we can be in so much pain that we don't see it, and we can't enjoy it, but personally, I've decided to push out of this winter ugh that You know, I felt kind of guilty for I was like, why in the hell am I just not, you know, snapping my fingers and getting out of this thing? The sun has come back. Everything is blooming. The birds are chirping. The bees are buzzing. What is my issue? Well, I don't know for sure, but I will say that I have not intentionally torn through that winter blah and enacted anything. I I just sort of let it happen all around me, y'all, and forgot to be part of it again, which is duh. Y'all know I love sharing my mistakes with y'all. So here's another one. (laughs) Here you go. Also, I found myself being ugly to somebody today. You know, I literally found myself doing it. I don't know if you know what I mean. I was right in the middle of of speaking to this sweet young man. He couldn't have been more than 19 years old. And he was delivering pond straw bales. And we're going to be using that to go in our pathways. I do it every year. And he's such a sweetheart. He was helping and he was bright and shiny. Obviously, obviously was having a good day (laughs) until he ran into me. And uh, the bill was bigger than I thought it was going to be. Now, you got to remember, I'm in a funk, right? So I hadn't done the math right. And I'd done the math for, I think, $10 a bale, and it was $12 a bale, which I damn straight knew, and I don't know why I did the math wrong. And I just kind of stopped and was like, this isn't right. We need to look at this. And he very patiently but I, okay, so he very patiently went back over everything with me to add it up totally correctly. But I could tell that, like, from the moment that he was there laughing in the sun, unloading all these hay bales, to the moment that I kind of got clippy about the bill, I could have used a better tone of voice. I'm not saying don't double check your bill, but it was just kind of shitty. The light went out of his eyes. And um, the last thing I want to do as a witch on this planet. Just take the light out of somebody's eyes. Ugh, feel horrible now. You know, once I realized what I'd done and realized i kind of snapped, I apologized and I told him how thankful I was and hoped he had a wonderful day. I made a lighthearted attempt at a joke. It doesn't really take it back. But these are the moments that I have to watch for. I wasn't intentionally bringing joy to anyone. In fact kind of punishing the people around me for me being sad. Well, I'm not going to attract anything good like that. And I'm not going to get out of the funk like that. And so while it may not seem immediately relevant, I wanted to read y'all a letter that actually helped me get a lot more positive today. Made me feel a lot better. I'll tell y'all why as I go along. I have a letter from a lovely person named Abby. I don't have their pronouns, so I'm going to refer to them as they them. And the letter says, Hey, Seba, first of all, I'd like to thank you for creating your podcast. I've been listening to it for almost a year now. I find your voice and the way that you speak to feel comforting and welcoming, like I'm being wrapped in a warm hug. Well, honey, thank you. I'm not always a warm hug, (laughs) but that does make me feel good. Although I'm not entirely caught up yet, I'm currently at your spring of 2020 episodes. Your podcast has been consistently there when I'm feeling low and working hard to get myself on my feet after hitting rock bottom. Now that I've worked my way to a stable job and a healthy living situation, I've incorporated it into my routine whether it's getting ready for work in the morning or listening when I'm cleaning on my days off. I always learn something new and I enjoy hearing your stories. You inspire me and remind me to love and care for myself and those around me, as well as to not put my creative or magical side on a shelf. I've been slowing down and being more conscious about witchifying every damn thing in my life. That being said, I'm also trying to get back into studying witchcraft. I've been slightly dabbling in it and researching witchcraft off and on since I was 12. I feel like I'm so close to understanding the magic inside me that I can almost feel it. But at the same time, something doesn't seem to click. I don't know if I'm just overthinking it or just not quite catching on with something yet. I was wondering if you have any advice to help guide me through the fundamentals like grounding and centering. Thanks in advance, Abby. Well, Abby, honey, there are a whole lot of good podcasts out there that you can listen to. And there are a lot of good books to read. So researching and listening and staying sort of open to learning, that's critical all the way around. But you know, I'm not a fan of dogma. And so one of the things I would say is don't look for a recipe, um, a perfect how-to on how to ground. There are so many different ways to do this. And, you know, I could tell you how I do it, but it may not work for you. So I do think it's really important for you to go out and do as much research as possible. The way I do it, I kind of feels a little... Scary to say out loud because I don't think I've ever talked about it before. But I'm a big tree girl, y'all. I'm a big tree girl. So I need trees to help me ground. And I have a uh, nearly 300-year-old oak that is kind of my partner in crime here. And while most people would just tell you to imagine sending those roots down from your body through your feet into the ground, I've always needed a little help with that. So I will put my hand on that oak and then I will kind of ride that oak energy to do this, to really center and ground and become one with the earth and make sure that I'm, you know, a little bit more stable. (laughs) And if I can't get to my oak to do that, you know, who knows, maybe I'm at a music festival or something. I will imagine my oak. I will imagine my hands on my oak so that I can send my roots down and mingle with that beautiful tree's roots and become grounded. And I do believe that anyone that you ask in the craft is going to have just a little bit of a different sort of process. But that wasn't your most important question, I don't believe. I mean, that was at the end, but you were talking about not feeling connected Let's dig into that one a little bit more. You know, Abby, the world attempts, and when I say the world, I'm talking about the civilized modern world, attempts to literally strip you of everything that is magical inside of you. That is just where we are as a society. And I've always found that the only way to get reconnected I know I preach about it way too much, is nature. And by that, what I mean is that when we have lost that magical feeling inside of ourselves, when we're trying so hard to feel that connectivity, nothing helps as much for me as to go get connected with nature. Because if I can see it in front of me, um, whether that be a bumblebee or A tree waving in the wind, or standing outside in a rain shower, watch the thunder, but a regular rain shower, or just lying down, honey, in the grass somewhere on a sunny day and closing your eyes and listening to the sound of the earth. These little tiny things, if we can find magic in them, it really helps us to identify it in us. And to also find where you talk about overthinking, I find that to be an important moment for me anyway, as a witch. Because I can overthink things. And when I do, I promise you, I'm ripping that magic out by its sacred roots. There are some things we have to feel. And I would highly encourage you to try to just meditate. I know. Not all of us are good at it. Some of us have ADHD and some of us are just anxious. But if you could learn to meditate, I would start with five minutes a day if that's possible. And maybe just build to 10 minutes. If you can find that, that little clearing of your mind so you can feel things, and that includes your spirit feeling things. I think that would go a long way toward driving that connectivity that you are so desperately seeking for or seeking out. Now, I don't know if you expected me to give you a magical um, remedy to this. There's not one. There's not one. And if somebody tried to sell you (laughs) a prepackaged spell to get here, it wouldn't work if you weren't already doing this work yourself. So. I would attempt to do five minutes a day, honey. Connecting back to the land, I always believe, and I was talking to my friend Reed about this on that interview we did a couple of weeks ago. I don't think we even can begin to do that unless we're connected back to our body. And the world has taught us so much about coming away from that. And I'm really just talking about your experience within that body you're in. I think the body gets overthrown a lot in the craft. It really does. And for fairly good reason. There are other things we're trying to grow, but we need to learn how to grow from root up. And our place on this planet right now is fleshy. It's fleshy. It's more than visceral. It's tactile as well. And to not nurture that side, to not place ourselves firmly back in our bodies, and then it means, you know, your spirit, your soul, whatever, to not do so, well, it causes a fracture in connectivity. So, meditating can teach you very much how to be in that body, be still, and still forge all of these communions with other things, including magic, land spirits, trees. And let's take this just a step further. You know, one of my favorite books that feels like it's about witchcraft, that is not about witchcraft, <laughs> is The Feminine and the Sacred. And I've brought it up before by Catherine Clement and Julia Kristeva. And they talk about how the sacred needs to move. It needs to move. It cannot be held, it cannot be encapsulated. You know, the second it's still like that, it becomes dogma and is no longer a living thing. When you think about anything that's living, it needs to move. in one way or the other needs to be able to grow and change. Well, with the sacred moves within us, it is a bodily experience as well. I'm sorry, it is. When I'm pounding my stab in the ground and I'm feeling that reverberation coming out of the earth and going through my body and I'm becoming part of that reverberation that is a physical experience, that is a bodily one as well as all of the other things you know and so many native spiritualities and eastern teachings tell us that we need to be balanced uh, between the body and the spirit and the mind there has to be this connection, this Flow and what I don't hear enough about in witchcraft studies is this. So it would be my advice for you to first get back in touch with your body, however you identify. We're not talking about that. However you identify, you still have fingers, you have toes. Do you understand what I'm saying? And you have to feel the magic, not just. Think the magic. So I would start with meditation, but I also would do anything that would bring me back into my body so I could feel it as well as think it. One of my methodologies is so simple, and that would be to get into a bathtub. Sounds like self-care. I know. Maybe it is, but that just doesn't encapsulate what I'm talking about at all. Or a shower. And make it a ritual experience where you are allowing the water instead of like trying to hurry, you know, and get things clean and jump out. You're allowing the water to rush across your skin. You're allowing yourself to feel those things. And then I sing. And it doesn't matter if you sing well. (laughs) It only matters that you make sound and reverberate with that water. This is one of the best ways I know to get back in touch with yourself and your magic. And sometimes I sing my favorite songs. You know, we all have them. I've got Into the Mystic by Van Morrison. Come on. What are you going to do with that one? It's too perfect. Then I'm older. So, you know, any matter of 70s is coming out of that room. (laughs) But I also will write down just a little chorus. Like I will invent one. Whatever my magic needs that day, whether it be strength or inspiration or healing or if I have to go to battle, because that happens. Then I will write that down in a song form, something I could sing and just do it, especially if no one's listening. Just sing the spell. And I do that in the shower. I do that walking in the woods. I do that sitting in the sun with my hands behind me planted on that grass and that ground. But try that because you have to get back in that body to have a full experience. And so that the sacred can move through you. You'll never be able to hold it still. It's like blood, baby. It's got to course through you. So try that and let me know how that goes you know, I have a PhD, I'm a professor, I have written things before. And so I'm obviously into research and into, you know, reading and things like that. What I worry about is anyone who would rely only on that and not their own very diverse individual experience. I mean, how could your ancestors even come through if you're only reading something written by you know someone from Britain you can't so it's important to also allow yourself your body your spirit your ancestors your land spirits be the teacher and I highly encourage you to keep a journal on these experiences so that you know which moon mattered the most you know and don't think it can only be a new moon or a Full moon. Those are powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know. But the other moons are cool too. I've probably done way more spell work on a waxing crescent than anything else I can think of. So, you know, learn about the moon, learn about their energies and write down these experiences, these getting back in the body sacred experiences and see if there's a pattern. Find out what worked. Be your own best research. You know, go ahead and do the other. But you, you, your your body and your soul, they need to remember how they used to connect. And no book's going to tell you that, dear. So I hope that helped a little bit. It kind of made me want to go get in the shower and start singing. So <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I've got my grandbaby. She's asleep in the other room. So I've had to lower my voice for this podcast. Real life witch issues. I want to tell you I have done something else because I needed. You know I'm of a certain age where there's not a lot of mentors left for me. Um, Either they've passed away or they're too far away. And we all need someone somewhere, whether it be an ancestor we can kind of lean on and ritual, a witch that has written a lot of wonderful books that we trust. But we don't get to walk through this world and never have a mentor. I mean, unless our ego is so big that we don't want to learn anymore. And I was having trouble getting back to that. I was having a disconnected feeling myself. And that is really critical, Abby, that you hear me. Someone who's been practicing witchcraft for 40 years can get disconnected. So I did a thing. I don't advise anybody spending money to do this. This was the way I went. And no, I don't have a lot of money at all. In fact, we are fairly check to check around here. But I wanted to give myself a gift. And I miss my grandma so much. And she was my wisdom. And she was my touchstone, you know. I could still see her gnawing on her thumb. And if I'd ask her a question, and it was a deep question, and it was about life and learning or something, I needed that advice. She would gnaw on her thumbnail and look out the window before she answered me. And it'd, sometimes it'd be like two, three minutes. <laughs> And I'd wonder if she'd fallen asleep, but she would turn back to me and, you know, in her body, feeling a certain kind of way, remembering something that she'd experienced and extrapolating that to something that's a little bit more, I guess, the higher self, you know, the intellect. And I never forgot that. Well, I needed that again. You know, I'm not a grand poo-bah of anything. The second y'all think I know every damn thing, you need to turn the podcast off. I am a real witch with real issues and a real life. So, I was in trouble and I needed something. Y'all gonna think I'm nuts when I tell you what I did. There's this wonderful doll creator. Yes, doll. Even as a little girl, I didn't like dolls. I was sort of more of a dirt roads and sticks and trucks and turtles and puppy dog tails kind of child. So dolls were not big and the dolls that I did see didn't suit me. You know, I don't like pink. I don't like lace. I uh, I mean, I like it just fine on y'all. <laughs> you put it on me and I'm gonna scream. I've got really short hair, Um, pretty little Barbie dolls with fantastical high heels on them yeah. there was only one barbie doll i ever wanted and it was skipper Why well, that's a story for another time because you see i'd always seen dolls as something that other girls could identify with or boys or whatever you know it was something i needed to actually feel a connection to and so i wasn't a big doll girl not even quite sure i was a girl not that that matters. My son, growing up, wanted a baby doll. <laughs> and uh, at Christmas, he got a baby doll, and he toted that thing around everywhere for years, and now he has a real baby. And he always remembers that. It was the thing he got to nurture in his heart when he was little. He wanted babies. Anyway, um, I'm like an old grandma. I'll ramble if I'm not watching it. And so I was feeling very low and very much like I wanted my own mentor. So... What did I end up doing? Let's skip ahead. Well, y'all, one day I was on social media and I saw this beautiful Laurie Cabot doll. I mean, gorgeous. An exact likeness. I mean, this thing is art. And so I followed it over to the maker. (laughs) I did. And then, of course, I followed them. And then I noticed that they made all kinds of beautiful gorgeous magical dolls and these are not Barbies y'all these are artistic renditions of magical creatures and witches and fairies these are gorgeous they're heartbreaking and I wrote to her one night and I said hey if you ever make one that is a garden witch you know like a garden grandma I need to know Now, these dolls are fairly expensive, and as well they should be. They're one of a kind. And I told myself that I needed to know because I wanted it for my grandbaby. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to wait a few years on that one. Anyway, one night she put up that the next day there was going to be this beautiful garden witch, you know, crone. And I felt that it was like a green witch, I think she called it. It was going to be a green witch. And I wrote to her and I said, this is exactly the kind, didn't see a picture. I just wrote to her and I said, this is exactly the kind of doll I was looking for. And uh, the next morning it hit and it took me about five minutes. Look, it, it was worth every penny. It really was. It's a legacy Uh, piece for me to hand down to my granddaughter and she showed up she showed up all the way from the Netherlands I believe and as I unboxed her I had a feeling in my chest it was so it was just a very magical experience and I pulled her out white hair wearing all green she's got a little watering can on one side she's wearing a really Viny, beautiful pagany necklace and her eyes hit mine and I said okay I get it now I get it this is what I need to remember because what happens is when you get a certain age and you no longer have your mentors living you need to remember that you're becoming your own and that is what this beautiful grandma witch doll I can't believe I got a doll, reminds me as that the spirit of my grandma is inside of me and that she's not really ever gone as long as I remember her looking out a window, biting her nail before she told me something that would change my life. I needed this. I needed this image. I needed, I'm looking at her right now as I'm talking to (laughs) y'all. She's sitting right behind my microphone looking at me and telling me, With her hands in the air. To be present in my body. It's a magical place to be. And I'm not here for long. None of us are. To feel the dirt under my feet. To feel the grasses through my toes. To feel how soft my grandchild's skin is under my fingers. And to let the wind blow my ever whitening hair. And you know what? Body acceptance is a very hard thing to pull off when you're getting old. I'm in an aging body. Mm-hmm. I'm becoming a hag, a crone, whatever you want to tell me I am. I'm becoming this older witch, the body that birthed babies, but that doesn't matter. You can be this whether you did or not. And that was my bodily experience. The one that was injured, you know. We won't go here in that podcast, but I have been injured in this body. The one that's experienced joy and pain and chill bumps and near-death experiences and near-life experiences. And I'm trying to accept it all. I'm trying to accept the sagging neck and the uh, wrinkled eyes and little fat pockets that are showing up here and there. I'm trying to live in this body in a magical way because the sacred is moving through me and alone that makes this vessel something worth experiencing so i ain't telling y'all to go buy a damn doll okay (laughs) i'm saying that doing so in my predicament with my weird brain firings that i have y'all it helped me to see the magic of an aging body because every time i look at this doll That's what I think she is, that uh, representation of that. So start with a body, y'all. Start with a body. You can't feel anything without it. Start there. But remember, it's just a vessel, honestly, anyway. But it can be one that is also magical. I am firmly situating myself back in this old sack of flesh (laughs) until it's time for me to leave it and it's not time yet those are my thoughts for the day i don't know if anybody's going through a thing but i thought i'd share i also need to do some shout outs we have a couple of new patrons and i want to give a shout out to jen and mary and those are our march folks and i just want to thank you so much i also want to make sure that i am keeping up and february's dave and Catherine. Just a double shout out for you in case I missed it. We do a lot of neat things over on Patreon. I have been a little under the weather. And when that happens, I just read things that I write to everyone tonight. We are doing another one of my From the Podcast Room with my partner Taryn. And those happen once a month. And there's all kinds of other fun things you can do, like join our Facebook group if you're one of those. And I just want to double thank everyone who is supporting the podcast. It matters so much. Without it, I would have had to quit over and over. So you are keeping me on the air and assuring that this thing continues to live as long as it needs to. So love y'all like chicken. I'll talk to you next week. Blessed be. Y'all have been listening to the Southern Fried Witch Podcast. Come back around next week for a little bit more magic from the Deep South.